0: Welcome to another message from Life Point Church, located at 400 South Abilene in Valley Center, Kansas. For more information on Life Point Church, go to our website at lpcag.org. It is our prayer to invest in generations to influence community. And now, today's message. Today, week three of our series um, uh, for the year, it's our theme for the year. Bold in Worship, and, um, and so as we were laying this out and planning on it, um, we're, uh, I was planning on preaching it, but somebody had said hey, uh, let's have Robin preach, since she's our worship leader, and uh, she's an ordained uh, minister of the Assemblies of God, and so anyway, she's already, um, but she's been practicing that all day long, she but any, I'm just kidding, she's not. But anyway, Robin's going to be breaking forth the Word of God this morning, so if you would get ready, turn to the book of Acts, if you would, and Robin, come on. get always get nervous about all this stuff when I speak I'm like I don't know what to do with it so anyway <laughs> um, so good to be here this morning and to um, have the privilege to uh, preach this morning again it's been a while and and uh, I don't know you know I've been up here leading worship for so long I, d- I don't think I've ever preached on the topic of praise and worship and so I'm pretty excited about this this morning um, We've been in this series this month, as you know. Um, we've talked about bold prayer, bold faith, and today is going to be bold in praise and worship. And this is something that I've been passionate about my entire life, really. Um, I've always loved music, um, and that is, is one thing that really, I think, kept me in church um, as a child. And as I went into my teen years, um, I was always singing um, from the time I was little I can remember being at church and asked to sing a solo with some little boy and I was so shy and so so quiet and I just stood up there you know I was probably like five years old and and um, and so it it has um, helped me in my walk with God and I am um, I'm excited and I'm excited for... Uh, What God's going to do in this service today So let's get going here Um, Our life is, as Paul says, is a spiritual warfare Ephesians 6.12 tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood In other words, the problem is not your neighbor It's not your friend, it's not your employer, it's not your employee Um, There's a spiritual battle going on God has given us spiritual weapons by which you and I can win the war The Bible tells us that praise is like a two-edged sword. It's powerful and it's effective. So this morning I'm going to give you four things that um, will help us battle when we praise and worship him. The first one is bold worship gives us spiritual power. Let's look at it in Psalms 149.6. It says this, it says, May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands. The psalmist is saying, when you and I are praising God, it is like a weapon. It is like a double-edged sword. In Hebrews 4, it says the word of God is like a double-edged sword. It divides, it cuts right down into the spiritual realm. Jesus, in Revelation, has a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth. The words that he speaks have spiritual authority. They have spiritual power. That's what praise does. When you and I are praising God, we are not just saying words that are empty or meaningless or reciting scripture, but as we're singing, as we are praising, that's what happens. It's spiritual warfare. It's spiritual power. It's a spiritual weapon, and it's fighting a spiritual battle. That's why it's important for us to get here on time at church Um, You can't just say, oh, I'm just going to come for the preaching. I don't want to come for the singing. They just sing songs. They sing, sing, sing. (laughs) No, you need to come and be a part of worship because battle is taking place and spiritual warfare is happening. We all come into this place with different things that we've experienced throughout the week going on in our lives. And when we come together and we begin to praise him, spiritual battle is happening. In fact, we read about this in Psalm 50, verse 23. It says, He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me, and he prepares the way so that I might show him the salvation of God. When you are offering thank offerings, you are offering sacrifices of thank offerings. You are praising the Lord. The second thing I want to talk to us about is bold worship prepares the way. Something happens when we worship. We're laying a pathway in that moment of setting a table for spiritual victory. Spiritual victory for our service, spiritual victory for um, the the church as a whole, spiritual victory over our life. How? Through our praise. When you come to the Lord, you don't want to just come in barging into the Lord and say, I need this and this and this and this and this. But rather, we need to prepare our hearts. We need to prepare the way by offering, by offering praise. Psalm 100 says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So we come before him with thanksgiving. We come before him with praise. Why? Because we are preparing the way. Another scripture says, Enthroned on the praises of in, his people... He inhabits the praises of his people in another version. When you and I are praising God, the presence of the Lord is filling this place. When you have the presence of the Lord, powerful things are going to happen. When you don't have the presence of the Lord, nothing is going to happen. We have to have the presence of the Lord. Worship is not just about giving everyone time to get here, to give people time to get in in their seats, like I said before. It's about setting a table before God and for what God is going to do. Praise when you're having your devotions, waiting on God, thanking God, going through and saying, God, I'm just so grateful that you've done this and you've done this and you've done this for me. When you begin to praise him, watch what happens in your life. It's a weapon, it prepares the ground, and our praise literally tears down walls. Um, I called Austin and Taylor, Um, Austin is our son if it's your first time here. Um, They just recently moved to San Antonio, but I called them this week, actually FaceTimed with them, um, because I wanted their blessing and what I'm about to share with you. Um, it's personal, and um, many of you have have watched us the past two years as when they ha- were here, and then moving on to San Antonio. And we've had a front row seat um, into their lives, and have walked through a very difficult season with them. Um, a year ago at this time, uh, we were going through our 21 um, days of prayer and fasting, and we had a celebration service here on a Sunday night. And if you'll remember, if you were here, <coughs> um, Taylor shared um, a bit of her testimony that night. And she had, she had gone to the salon, and she met a counselor who specialized in trauma and PTSD. And she later, she started seeing that counselor, and she was diagnosed with CPTSD. And um, the difference between PTSD and CPTSD, um, from my understanding, is just, it's a, it's a layer of intense, it's layers of intense trauma. If somebody's been through trauma in their life, it's, it's layers that they have to work through. And PTSD is just a one-time, um, like a one-time trauma that you work through. And so this was the beginning of a healing process for her as she began to deal with some things from her past. Um, you know, we all we all go through things in our past and and um, and they're hard, and they're unfair sometimes. We began to watch them uh, fight through pain as layers of her past was exposed and dealt with. Uh, I don't know about you, but if you're a parent in the room or a grandparent in the room, it's hard to watch your kids go through stuff. Um, it no one likes to see your kids hurting. I mean, uh, when, when, I, when my kids were babies and they had ear infections, I wanted to fix it. When they were in elementary school and somebody was being mean to them, I wanted to fix it. <laughs> and, and now that they're adults, um, you know, I, I just wanted to fix it. I wanted to fix it, but I couldn't. Um, we saw a battle, we felt the battle, and sometimes we were in the battle with them. Um, God just, he had to constantly remind me through sleepless nights that he was their God and that he was in control. And there was nothing, nothing that I could do for them um, except pray and take it to God. Sometimes I would sit up and just worry all night and, and play things out in my mind, and I wanted to fix it. I wanted to help them get through it. Um, those were the hard nights and the hard days following those hard nights, um, and and battling that vi- that the battling that way was never um, it never brought victory to, to me or to anyone in the situation. Um, it just brought more worry. And and um, if you know me well enough, you know I'm a planner, <laughs> and so I I just my mind can just go and I can just start thinking about. All these things well maybe if this happens or maybe if this happened maybe I, you know maybe you can do this and those were the nights those were the long nights and it never it never brought victory but what it did what did bring victory were the nights that I would begin to praise and worship and God would give me peace of mind in his presence that surpassed all understanding he would remind me of all that, I, that he had done and all that he was doing right before our eyes. He would remind me of his goodness and his promises, that he is victorious God, and that with him this battle could be won. I remember one morning uh, waking up, um, and Steve and I, we were both just really burdened um, for Austin and Taylor. And I think Steve shared this in one of his messages but all we could do was listen to um, a worship song that was called Same God. Um, we've done it here before, but it's, it's a cry to God, the song is. It talks about the promises of God um, and everything that he did in the Bible, he's going to do now and he can do now. But in the chorus, it says, Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. It was the only thing that we knew to do in that moment we listened to that song over and over that day we cried and you know we had we had things that were going on here at the church it was we really didn't want to to you know get up and just come because of what had happened the night before but in that moment through that song we were believing for a miracle for healing to come and you know what? God met us. He met us right where we were at. It changed the atmosphere for us that day. It prepared us for a new day so that we could keep moving forward and we could do what God was calling us to do. Praise and worship through this season prepared the way so many times for me. It prepared, me, it prepared so many um, ways for Steve and I as parents, as grandparents, It didn't take it all away, but it did give us peace. It gave us joy. It gave us strength. It gave us perseverance to let Him be God so that we could do what God was calling us to do and asking of us on that day. God recently opened a new door of ministry for Taylor, and she has experienced healing. During the fall 21 days of prayer and fasting that we went through, they began to experience a breakthrough. They began to allow God to break through, and during that time, um, she, she was offered a job just out of the blue, unbelievable, like just crazy. And not only was he preparing the way for us in those long nights and days, but he was walking with them and he's preparing them for their future. We know that God is with them, and we know that going before them and giving, and that he's going before them and giving them victory, and he's doing and is going to do a beautiful thing in their lives. It's still hard. It's hard because they moved my grandbaby away. <laughs> That's what I'm really mad about, but. Um, but you know he's doing a beautiful thing and he's able and he's able to do a beautiful thing in your lives as well the third thing i want to talk to us about is bold worship tears down walls in joshua chapter 6:20 this is the story of joshua having the children go around jericho and god gave him this plan it says when the trumpets sounded the people shouted And at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone in charge straight straight in, and they took the city. What was the problem here? The walls were high, and there was no way that they could take the city and reach the walls. What was God's solution to them? He said to walk around the city... And once you've done that on the last day, the last time, then you give a loud shout. A loud shout, not just a shout. The word shout is interesting here. In Psalm 27, it says this Hebrew word for a loud shout is translated a sacrifice of joy. When you give God a sacrifice of joy, when you're praising him, when you're shouting to him, when you are celebrating him, what happens? The walls that have been in opposition to you are going to come down. This is the power of bold praise. Too many times what happens is that we are too caught up in the obstacle and we don't get a hold of ourselves long enough to say, you know what, it's not about the obstacle. It doesn't matter how high the wall is. It doesn't matter how big the problem is. What is important is I'm going to praise God and I'm going to get a hold of myself long enough to praise him with a sacrifice of joy and let God do the rest. The fourth thing is bold worship turns things around. James 5.13, this this chapter, the context here is all about trials and, and here's what James says. It says, Is anyone among you in trouble? He should pray. The idea is not only troubled on the outside, but the inside. He says, pray. And then he says, is anyone happy? They're still in trial, but in the midst of trial, they're saying, I believe God is still bigger than my problem. I believe God has triumphed in the midst of this trial, and he's going to do something great. He says, let them sing songs of praise, that praise literally turns this situation around. You see an example of this in the book of Acts, and this is where we're going to spend the remainder of our time here this morning. But beginning in Acts 16, verse 22, it says, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. Right here, Paul Paul had cast out a demon um, out of a slave girl who was a fortune teller, and no longer can she do that. She's heckled them. Paul basically just turned and cast the demons out of her, and now her owners are like, now they, can't, now they can't make any money. So they go to the magistrates against Paul and Silas, and the crowds jump in, and it says, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. It would have been a brutal, brutal beating, their backs are beaten, filleted, after they had been severely flogged. Um, and it wasn't just like a few lashes. They, they very possibly did not have any skin left on their back. Um, it was so torn up. Then the scripture says, They were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. The stocks are designed to spread the legs to elongate the legs so that now not only did he have a sore back, um, but the legs were, were cramping because they were elongated. It's almost an unimaginable situation to find yourself in. And then when they, and then watch this, it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were pray, praying and singing hymns to God we don't know exactly what prompted that but I have to believe that Paul is the one who thinks of it because Paul has written about about the same time he's written to the Thessalonians and said to them rejoice in the Lord always again I say rejoice he writes to the Philippians the same thing rejoice in the Lord so here he's in a cell he's I don't know maybe says to Silas hey Silas Silas like what sorry I followed you Paul I should have went with John Mark he's like I got an idea you know what how about we start singing how about we start singing and Silas is like you know what I can't sing I don't feel like singing and I don't want to sing Paul now is not the time for this And Paul says, listen, if we sing and if we praise God, God is going to do something, something powerful. He's going to do something and turn this thing around. You know, we have to get a hold of ourselves. I mean, here's the problem. You can't be true to your feelings, right, when you're in the midst of a trial. You can't be true to your feelings. You have to have you have to be true to your faith. You can't live by how you feel and how trials make you feel terrible. They do. They make us feel, feel terrible. But at some point, we have to get a hold of ourselves and say, I'm in a trial and it's really bad. Some of you are facing a trial in your marriage right now. Things have blown up. You've found out stuff. And you just don't even know what to do. And when you don't know what to do, Maybe the last thing you feel like doing is praising God. But what you need to do in the midnight hour in your life, you need to sing praise to God. Some of you are in a situation with your finances, an illness, relational problems, whatever it is you need. It could be emotional distress, anxiety, you can't sleep at night, you're worried about something, you're depressed. Whatever it is, whatever the problem. Paul and Silas are saying, "Hey, we're praying and we're singing hymns to God." They're praising God using the weapon of praise. And now they were doing what the other and now what they're doing, the other pr- the other prisoners prisoners were listening. You see, when you and I are praising God in the midst of difficulty, there's a lot of people watching us. The world is watching. The world is listening to what we say, how we say it, how we approach life. And when it doesn't make sense in the natural to us or to them, how things could be resolved, but we're faith-filled, and when we're praising God, that is a testimony to them. They're going to be watching, not only listening to what we're saying, they're going to be watching for what happens in our life. We'll pick up here on, in, in Acts sixteen twenty six. It says, Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and all at once the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. They're praising God, and what you and I would never imagine happened, an earthquake. And it wasn't just a a normal earthquake, it was a special kind of earthquake that opens doors rather than collapsing walls and ceilings. An earthquake that causes prison doors to fly open and chains to fall off. An unusual earthquake, a supernatural earthquake, a miraculous earthquake. When you and I praise God, God is going to shake things up to accomplish miracles in our life. Everybody's chains came loose. And then we read in verse 27, The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and about, and about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, What must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then he immediately, he and all of his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them And he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. This man, who really had no interest in Paul, other than than just trying to keep him from escaping, had probably been the source of the instrument of cruelty. And now, all of a sudden, he comes to Christ. Not only him, but all of his family came. He's baptized now. He's feeding Paul talk about a divine turnaround. If the musicians would go ahead and come, we're going to get ready to to do some praising in this place. When you and I praise God, things change. When you're worshiping the Lord, when you're praising God, things change. God was working as Paul and Silas were singing. God was working in, their, in the hearts of the jailer's family. He was working in the jailer's heart. And then in verse 35, there's another divine turnaround. It says, And when it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers with the jailer with the order, Release those men. You see, God was working in the magistrate's heart, too. He was working in the jailer's heart. He was working in the prisoner's hearts. Why did this happen? Why did the earthquake and the jail door open? Why did the chains fall off? It was happening because Paul and Silas were singing. It wasn't just people who heard the songs, but Paul and Silas were singing, and anybody related to them, even if they weren't hearing the songs of praise, they were affected by Paul and Silas's songs of praise. You know, we make a mistake if we think that somehow because we don't feel comfortable singing or we don't think we have a voice that we shouldn't have to sing. But God wants to hear your praise. He wants to hear you thank him. And he wants to hear you sh- he wants to hear the shout of praise. Some of you are way too quiet and I get that. I'm a I'm a pretty quiet person myself. But God is saying, listen. And that's going to stretch some of us in this place. Some of you are embarrassed of what other people will think, but it's better to worry about what God thinks than what other people think. God wants us to be more concerned about him, about worshiping him, praising him celebrating him sacrificing joyfully before him and when we do it unleashes his power in our situation in ways we cannot begin to even imagine if you would have asked Paul and Silas the script what is your praise going to do I mean it seems kind of silly you're just gonna sing (laughs) is praise powerful Paul and Silas would have said yes will God work in response to it, they would have said yes. If you would have asked them what he was going to do, they probably would have said, well, probably we're going to get out of this somehow. We don't know how, but they never imagined that the kind of earthquake that they experienced would open prison doors and cause the chains to fall off. They would have never imagined the turnaround in the jailer and his family. That guy would uh, would have been cruel to them a few hours before would now be washing their wounds and feeding them breakfast a few hours later. That's the power of praise. In a matter of hours, everything changed. The magistrates who had falsely and unjustly imprisoned them and ordered them beaten were now coming to them and saying, "You can go free." And when Paul says, "Hey, you're not getting off that easy." Then all of a sudden, they were apologizing all over themselves. And that's the power of praise, to turn things around. Today, there are many of you in this place who need a divorce. You need God to help you reverse a situation, to take a situation that has stopped you, that has kept you from moving forward. You may need a miracle in your marriage a miracle in your job. You may need a piece of property to sell. You need a breakthrough somewhere. I'm just saying, praise prepares the way for God to work. Praise is a weapon by which we fight our spiritual battle. The shout of praise can bring down the walls, and the song of praise can open prison doors. So right now, here's what we're going to do. If you are needing God to give you a breakthrough, I would like us all to stand in this place today. If you're needing God to come through for you, I'm going to ask you just to step out and come forward. And we're going we're gonna to praise him. The band We're going to worship him here in just a little bit. I feel like we're, we're doing this series on bold, and some of us need to get bold. There's going to be a part of your faith of stepping out, a part of your faith and lifting your voice, but you need a breakthrough. So let's just if, go ahead. If you if you want to come down, I want you to come down. If you need a breakthrough in your life or your family whatever it is, your finances, your marriage, relational issues, anxiety, depression. We're gonna have an organized response here in a minute. And if, you're, if you don't make your way forward, and you're standing back there, I'm going to ask you to be part of that organized response because we're going to praise Him. The band's going to start playing some music here in a minute, and we are going to give the Lord the biggest shout that we've ever given Him in this place because we're here for breakthrough. When we don't feel like praising Him, we have to praise Him. When we, feel like, when we don't feel like worshiping, we have to worship We have to. We're called to. This doesn't come easy for some of you, but it's still good for you um, to do. I'm, I'm not trying to trick anybody. I don't want you to feel that way here this morning. But I'm trying to help you do something that's spiritually an exercise that is very valuable for all of our lives. When Joshua told the children of Israel to shout to the Lord, he wasn't saying, you know, some of you are quiet and that's okay, so don't worry about it. Um, but if you are like one of those who really gets rowdy at maybe the Chiefs games, um, then you can go ahead and shout. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not, it, it's for everybody. Um, so we're all going to give a shout of praise here in a moment. And I want you to think about your problem. And then what I want you to do is I want you to give God a bold, joyful shout of praise like the wall has already fallen. And then we're going to sing some songs of worship. So, like victory has already been won. Let's give the Lord a big shout. Hallelujah! God, we praise you! God, you are awesome! This concludes the teaching. Thank you for listening, and we hope you can join us for next Sunday's service with Pastor Steve Raines.